Comics and games to movies and TV. This is the Nerd Show on thirteen ten KFKA. Nerd rage. Nerd rage. Now here are the nerds. Hello, nerdians. You're listening to the Nerd Show on one hundred three point one and thirteen ten KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice. You have Nick, Scott, and Micah here, about to get nerdy with you. Also known as Star. Monger. Go Broncos. Duh. Harmonic. I'm, I'm still a fan. <laughs> I just want to let everybody know. I want my Broncos stuff the next day. So we don't even get a Darth Ambivalus. We just get a... Go Broncos. Go Broncos. What was that again, Micah? How did that sound? Go Broncos. By the way, that's Amy Adams. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew that voice. I, I was, yeah, I was thinking the same thing that that was not somebody local. But you know, I was I volunteered in the National Park Service on Sundays, and I am impressed. The last couple of weeks, you know, I'm roaming around during Sunday afternoon football. I'm not a big football fan, um, but I, I had reception and could tune into 103.1. Mm-hmm. I was shocked that even up in the bowels of Rocky Mountain National Park, I had, I would say, audible enough reception to well stay in touch with what was happening in the nfl that day Mm. well (laughs) if you were a bronco fan like micah and i are i'm not the fan that micah is but i am a bronco fan then it was not a good day to watch or listen to broncos football i will say nothing out of kindness but also (laughs) what's the worst dc movie um think about the worst dc movie and compare that to the Broncos game and then say it was worse than that. It was. Yeah. I would rather watch one of the worst DC movies I've ever seen. than. You. And I saw the score early in the second quarter and went, oh, this is not good and I'm not even going to watch. So I literally tuned out. I wasn't even going to wasn't even going to pick it up. Well, what about the karma of, I don't know, that quarterback's name, Tua? Tua. Where, uh, Sean Payton kind of dissed him, and he comes yeah. out 16 for 16, 300 yeah. yards, uh, 35 points in one half. I just – that to me I'm uh, is just karma. I, I think that that's why I words enjoy. matter. Yeah. You've got to be careful with what you say and how you say it because it's bulletin board material. I mean we saw what happened with CU and CSU, and there's some elements of that regard, and – we also saw them trying to talk big and then get their butts kicked by Oregon. But it's the same kind of thing. You can provide inspiration and motivation to individuals just through what you say about them, positive or negatively. And I wouldn't say anything negative about Tua because Tua is incredibly talented. And you wouldn't, the but Dolphins Sean Payton did. did to him last year. Yeah, like he he shouldn't have been sacked and then allowed to go back in the game when he had a clear concussion. Oh, it's a back injury. I uh I, I just uh it just was an interesting weekend. I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so my oh. life hasn't been much better as far as fandoms go, but uh we're going to have the two absolute worst. They they shouldn't even get screen time. Yeah. There should be no reason that those two teams deserve to be on national television. Well, it's Other regional. Other than the fact that I want to watch them. Let's just be fair. What's it's, that? It's regional. 
Well, that's that's fair. Yeah, I mean, we're, we'll get the Broncos <laughs> Bears game because we're in the Denver we have market. To. But yeah, two markets are going to get them. Yeah, the Chicago market and Denver market will get the Broncos Bears game. Yeah, the, nobody the else third will. Largest market is going to get one of the worst teams. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if. I mean, it's just comical. I mean, even on the gambling sites, um, it's embarrassing the the the. The lines on both of those teams of, wow, Broncos just got beat by 50 points yeah. in one of the biggest smackdowns in uh, NFL history. It's the second or third largest point total by an NFL team in the regular season. The Bears beat Washington, I think this was in the 40s, 73 yeah, to 0. Yeah, 1940 I thought NFL it was 72. So 72, that was the Washington Redskins. And that was in, I think, 66. Was that but that's against more the 49ers? Uh, I think it was against Tampa. Because I know no, the Bears... No, Tampa didn't exist. The Bears um, had the blowout 73-zip with okay. Washington. Yeah, right. that, and that was in the NFL championship against the Redskins. Um, so, but anyway. I don't... Yeah, it, it was just a disastrous, awful, awful weekend. But I saw Ahsoka... I saw... You know what? That was that was the highlight of my Sunday. Other than pizza, I watched Ahsoka. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, good. See, this is how Micah's going to turn into a larger Star Wars fan is by watching the embarrassment of the Broncos on television and then or, or being I could discouraged. Watch, I could watch uh, Star Trek Discovery's first season over again. I don't know which is more depressing, the Broncos losing badly or watching really horrible Star Trek. But what wasn't disappointing, I'm hearing you say, Micah, is the latest episode of Ahsoka, which... Which was which was good. And we mean latest as in last week, because we are not recapping yes. the, um, the this week's new episode. But which, which comes out Tuesday nights. Tuesday, yep. So, uh, I mean, we can spend the rest of the time on, on Ahsoka and then probably next segment, too. Yeah. But uh, two back-to-back, for me, incredible episodes that have both scored over nine on the IMDb factor. I um, this one I I don't know. This this one seems like it got 9 on the IMDb factor because it was fan service. I turned you off. Fan service. I don't know how much fan service Well, was. yeah, I don't know either. I know that there was a ton of little easter eggs and little elements that if you haven't been that in depth with the Star Wars lore, you might not have picked up on or you might not have made reference or understood the significance of that. Uh, I have to say, when they landed on the planet's surface and the three, you know, knights, the witches of Dathomar, you know, the mothers are there, I was just like, oh, this is awesome. They Well, and their voices are just how they were in Rebels yes. and Clone Wars. And I know for a lot of casual fans who haven't seen those Ahsoka's been a little bit more challenging to grasp and understand. One tip I heard was, you know what, just focus on Sabine's story. You know, um, she's going out trying to save her friend. She's got some mystery behind her. You don't have to see Clone Wars or Rebels. I recommend or even just a recap video because, you know, I had a debate with somebody. I don't like the Easter eggs as far as them being Easter eggs because I watch Screen Crush and here are the 73 Easter eggs. Okay, but these are just part of Star Wars. Why do they have to be called Easter eggs? Like when she has that scanner out that Han used on Hoth, yeah. why does it have to be an Easter egg? Did well, you not, notice this? I don't this? think it is. I, you're, you're right. Not everything is an Easter egg, Nick. My problem with, quote, Easter eggs would be 
when they use an Easter egg as a plot device or when they try to make an Easter egg into a movie. Mm. But I I think you have a valid point. It's Star Wars. Sometimes they they try to stretch something and they're like, oh, look at this thing. We'll put this in the background and that'll make fans really excited. And that's why I kind of made the joke at the beginning. It, It got over a nine because of... You know, fan service. You know, Thrawn showed up and everybody lost their minds. And it, he was a fine actor. He did a great job. But uh, this wasn't my favorite episode. Fans are complaining that Thrawn wasn't as tall as they wanted him to be. Thrawn described in the books as six foot three, and Lars Mikkelsen is six four. So yeah, I, uh, I just well, I think the the challenge there is that Lars Mikkelsen cuts a, a slightly different. Build, mm-hmm. you know, than what we're expecting in Thrawn. I mean, Thrawn, you were expecting somebody that was six three, you know, slim, one hundred ninety five pounds, <laughs> and was like just this chiseled mm-hmm. element. You and, mean chiseled? Ah, I see what you did there. Um, but maybe it's one of those that we now have to go. Well, what we're used to seeing is a a pre. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of when he was exiled, kind of Thrawn. And so you would wonder what that would do to a person and would he lose his physique and get to be a little bit more, you know, a little soft, soft and a little <laughs> big belly up front and things like that. So there was, was those elements in it. But the music when I mean, I thought that was brilliantly oh, yeah. crafted. It was haunting that those dissonant chords on that organ with the troops. Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn. and you know they have adopted. It was like they were throning him a party. They eh, wasn't as good as my pun, but 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 still a swing, swing and a chiss. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ha ha. So you know, um, with the we're seeing a lot of Japanese culture come to life with the repair of the armor of Mm -hmm. a lot of the stormtroopers. But let's talk about them. Are they alive or not, Scott? Um, Yes, but. Just barely being held on by a thread because of the Night Sisters magic. Wait, what do you mean not alive? So within the Star Wars lore, and especially as it relates to Dathomir, more magic. It is magic, mm-hmm. and it's their dark magic. They have the ability to resurrect the dead and actually turn them into a you know these walking zombies that are just kind of like doing whatever their bidding is being told by the Night Sisters or whoever is given control of them. And, and that, that was Maroc too. Yeah. Which I'm curious, you know, when, when he, he died uh, with, you know, and that move from Ahsoka was very similar to Obi-Wan's when he killed Darth yep. Maul. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, you know, when he faded into that green Dathomir witch mist. Yep. Um, who was controlling him from that great of a distance? This is why I, I love... This introduction of this dark magic that can maybe even traverse galaxies because he was a formidable foe. Um, was that just the skill set of whoever Merak was before as far as, you know, that Jedi or Sith training? Or was Morgan controlling him or the, the mother witches from a distant galaxy? Yeah, I, I don't know. And we may not ever get to that. But I do know that they can be based on the Star Wars lore and the history. They can be controlled from great distances. And so whether that was Morgan or whether that was some of the Queen Mothers or there's other Night Sisters out there in the galaxy that are supporting the Empire... I think we'll find out about that. But I love what they're doing, and I love how they provided a little bit of foreshadowing of what's to come with the night troopers in this whole element. And I like how that's what they're called. With the catacombs, I mean, they're raising, looks like coffins. We have more to dissect with last week's episode of Ahsoka. Hope you're along with the journey. We'll be right back here on The Nerd Show.
Welcome back to The Nerd Show, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA here in the Aloe Fiber Studios in Midtown Greeley. We didn't even talk about the Chimera. Oh, those little um, turtle the turtles? No, no. The Star Destroyer. Thrawn Star Destroyer mm. is called the Chimera. And I know. I was being facetious. I know. And I just, anyways. But I really love the fact that when you see it for the first time, it has been beat up and it's been mm-hmm. repaired. And very similar to the gold that we're seeing in kind of that Japanese culture. You see all the, the gold plates and everything else that's on the top. And I just absolutely love that because if you go back to, you know, the Rebel series – when the Purgle captured his Star Destroyer and left with him, you know, it was being crushed. It was being damaged. We saw that in the episode. And for that to get carried over into the live action where you're seeing, yeah, this is where they showed up. They limped home. They limped down to the surface. And they figured out a way to start repairing it. And they had to repair the ship. That ties into the night troopers and all the other elements. I just, I love that. And, man, seeing that Star Destroyer just come over the top with the... The snakes and the dragon, you know, icons that are on the bottom of the ship was just phenomenal for me. Well, did you with, guys? Did you guys see what was on the windshield of the Shamira? I have a feeling this is going to be a mockery. No, no, I didn't. I, see they that must close. have run into something in space. They had a big Shamira on it. Yeah, there's. With I, I love the the entrance of the Star Destroyer because you know we got a sense of um, you know Sabine tapping into the Force to see if she yeah. can unlock her cell and I love that because you know you have that rumbling and that kind of subtle roar whenever somebody's using the Force we had that from mm-hmm. Episode Four and beyond um, it's like oh she might she might maybe she'll and then it was the Chimera yeah. and it was oh, I I loved that. Just kind of play on what we thought could have mm-hmm. happened with Sabine using the forest to, oh my gosh, here he comes. We're 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 getting it. And here's what I also want to ask: Who do you think that the the grandmother and the night sisters were referring to, where it said it reeks of Jedi? I mean, I assume Sabine. I know, but there's always that opportunity because you have Balin. How could they not sense Ezra though? I if know, they could sense I, Ahsoka oh, coming okay. in. But How do they not sense We had Ezra? the same conversation about Yoda and everything else. How could nobody ever sense Yoda when he was on Dagobah and everything else? There are individuals that have the ability to suppress their mm-hmm. presence in the Force. And, you know, we've seen that happen before. That's been played out in movies and in the books and the series before. So that is not new. And so I think if Ezra is trying to hide from the Night Sisters, then I think he would have the ability to do that, or at least that's what we're being led to believe. I guess for survival, too. Yeah. Can we go back to where the episode started? We didn't get a lot of Ahsoka, and I'm glad. Um, oh, but with yeah. Hu Yang starting the story and that hint to, oh, part one is the best. I think we can infer that that yes, was the original, was the original trilogy. trilogy. Parts one, two, and three. Uh-huh. So there's a little bit of that. And then oh, just him saying a long time ago in, in a, a galaxy, galaxy far, far, far away. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just the brilliance of that yeah. finally being you know, tossed around in the dialogue of a Star Wars live action is, oh, it was awesome. So maybe maybe that's why it got over a nine. Maybe it was an eight point nine on IMDb, and then someone's like, "You know what? I'm going to give it a nine because a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away was thrown in there." I think it deserves more than a nine. So we've got. Uh, I, I I do like it. Reeks of Jedi. We finally get Balin's backstory. He yeah. was a general during the Clone Wars, um, and Thrawn doesn't seem to care too much for him and and. Uh, 
you know, the mercenaries, yeah. whether they're I, – I, what are their intentions? I Do you think that they could potentially flip if Thrawn leaves them for dead, if Thrawn betrays yes, them? They are um, going to flip. I, I don't know that they're going to flip. There's been – I was reading a lot of the speculation and a lot of elements, and there's people saying that, you know, now that we have intergalaxy travel and we know that the Purgle are capable of that – you know, maybe that's where Yoda's from, that that could explain why we Yoda. don't know where he's from and everything else. But the other one that is an interesting take is that there is a character that was developed in the books that is referred to as Abeloth and was like the most hmm. powerful dark side entity that, you know, had all the right intentions of trying to help and basically was was the mother of the three that we saw kind of being referenced in some of the other series where you've got oh, the, the mother or the, the you've father. got the father and the daughter and the son and you had the mother who then actually mm. was trying to help the father control and and keep the sister and the daughter from fighting in at bay and failed and she was mortal and all these other hmm. things and so I haven't it's been a while since I've gone down those paths but they're saying that that and that is a really deep dark dark side element and that maybe that's what you know Balin is sensing there and that it could be a brand new beginning instead of this repetitious you know Palpatine I think it's bigger than Palpatine I know I hope so yeah. I, I I'm I'm really digging this kind of diversion from light side and dark side Jedi and Sith yeah. and I'm excited to see where Filoni's going to take this um but there is more. I mean, there is that that stream capture I sent you of um, all the ancient writings that yeah. we saw in the the video game. In the video game, yeah. Um, Lost Jedi, Lost uh-huh. Order, uh, with Cal Kestis. Yeah. So, and that was built upon these mystical creatures, the Zepho, Zephyr, Zephyr, Zepho, Zepho, whatever. They were highly in tune with the Force. They could have been, you know, those who created the Dathomir witch crafts type of thing. Um, but in that game, a lot of those spheres have those markings that we yep. saw from episode one, um, and a lot of it's trying to do what Ahsoka did, of going back in time um, to sense what happened during the battle with Sabine and with Shin. Then you get uh, these Zephyr creatures, um, same those orbs that you see in that video mm-hmm. game. So could we be introduced to Cal Kestis? Um, might he be you know, this lost Jedi that we find and bring into this new live-action Star Wars universe? Uh, I think Filoni kind of has a, a as a wide berth to do with as he pleases. Agreed. Yeah, there's so much material, so much lore, and so much opening that we have in this that it can just keep going, and I'm super excited to see where we go. Michael, you look very excited, or is that a five-minute mark? No. The, uh, now the negative. Oh. I don't think we're there yet. Now, okay, so can we I, – I just – I can't wait to, to badmouth the – the trolls. What, what are those turtle troll things? They're they're from the trolls movie. Clearly, no, they're not. Yeah, they're clearly from the trolls movie. Mm-hmm. Only they're they're turtles now. I don't think it's from they're that. Really dumb. I, I thought that was they. You know, they weren't Ewoks. Is these you know they creatures that will get either. overlooked easily by? And I, I was shocked we got Ezra so quickly at the end of that episode. I was hoping. I actually was kind of hoping he wouldn't. He wasn't. In existence, I was hoping they wouldn't find him, and she'd have to be like, "Oh, well, I didn't find him. I guess I'm going to have to grow as a human being." Well, I'm glad we got him, and I love that interaction because you know, just that snarky. You know, I knew you'd find me. Not Ahsoka. No one. He knew that she would, 
But she didn't tell him anything that had happened. She didn't tell him about the Empire being destroyed, the Death Stars. Um, she didn't tell him, oh, by the way, I may have lured uh, people here to get Thrawn back to the galaxy. So um, how do you that think, have thrown how do you think game. Ezra's going to react to that when he finally discovers, oh, wait, you put so much more apparel than just coming to rescue me or find me. Yeah. He's I mean, there's realize. a lot of it. Well, and the other unique thing, and I forgot to send you the screen cap, but his chainmail that Ezra's wearing is actually like the ident chips of the clones. Interesting. And so where did those come mm. from? And, and Or at least that's what it looks like. And so there's an element of that. So I think that just the possibilities are, are just so endless with what we're going to get. Um, I'm suspecting... You know, I talk to my brother a lot. He is a reason I love Star Wars so much. Thrawn never really does win. He's a brilliant tactician. He's a military genius. He was probably the only person who knew Palpatine and Vader were Sith and also that Anakin was Darth Vader. I think he's going to have a pretty big victory. I don't know if he'll make it back out of this galaxy in time, if they're going to be stranded there perhaps, um, because it just wouldn't make sense for him to come back before the events of Episode 7. I would love for him to make his grand return in that galaxy after Episode 9 and the whole Palpatine order is done. That's my hope. I don't know if that'll happen, but uh, are we going to see a loss this year? If he makes it back to the galaxy, could we lose a main character? I Or uh, not a main character, but a supporting character like Zeb or... Hopefully Sabine. Uh, maybe. We, you know, there's still a long ways to go with Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's Jason? Jason Sindula. Who's Jason Sindula? The the son of Hera, who is the Which general. Which Hera? With okay, the Twilight. Okay, you're killing me, dude. Is she the one with the green ears? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. that's Hera. The other thing that somebody pointed out recently is that um, on Balin's skull, on Balin's uh, gauntlets, you know, there's some electronics there, and we've seen some lights. Apparently, in his uh, his character poster. There's uh, Arabesh that when you translate it, it's something along the lines of his um, his target deaths or his you know his mm. targets to take out, and it is Luke Skywalker, Leia Organa, hmm. Han Solo, Chewbacca, and that they are all listed in that regard. And so there is some element where he has them on his hit list, if you will. And he doesn't seem to be that – I'm curious why. That, yeah. He's one of the best characters I think we've seen. There's no complaints I have about any of the characters we have this season. Loving the story so far. It's just we're kind of in that, well, what are they going to do because Ray Stevenson's passed away? There are people that are, hey, leave Schreiber. He's 6'3". He looks just like yeah. him. If they want to keep him alive, have a way to um, – but I'm, I'm, I, I really dig his character. I don't think he's a villain. I don't think he's a good guy, but I don't. Yeah. What is he after that, you know, that big dark presence that he might want to control or conquer? Power. I don't think it's the world between worlds either. I think it's something bigger. Yeah, I agree. Like a Bendu type of thing mm, or larger. Could be. Well, we'll find out. We will uh, recap this Tuesday last night. week's episode. Uh, cannot wait to watch. There's only two episodes left. One now, but uh, tune in next. Wait, we're not done yet. Stay tuned. More of The Nerd Show coming right at you.
Welcome back to the Nerd Show. We just recapped last week's episode of Ahsoka. Of course, we record before the latest episode has come out, so uh, you'll have a week to watch that and catch up for for no spoilers. But excited to see what happens and transpires in yeah. these last couple episodes. Other things in the in the nerd world, um, there is a tentative agreement uh, between the writers and. Um, the studios. Yeah. Yay. Stranger um, Things could be finished soon, we'll hopefully. Mm-hmm. And there were some remarks that, uh, you know, I was reading up on this the other day that just hit uh, just hit me and ticked me off. Um, one of the main, you know, CEOs of one of these mega corporations uh, was caught and recorded saying that, well, they're just going to wait them out until the writers start losing their homes and what then they'll dummy. be forced to come back. Um, and even the CEO of uh, of... Disney, Bob Iger had said something that was uh, not so kind as to, we'll just kind of wait him out. They have the funds, we'll wait him out. And it wasn't until the actors joined this a couple months ago um, that it put a little more pressure. But they're at that point now where they had to make a deal. Otherwise, their risk of studio movies coming out in 2024 could get pushed back. And they were losing actors to promote the movies and TV shows that are supposed to be coming out now throughout the end of the year. So... um, I'm glad the writers held in there. I know a lot of them couldn't pay rent, couldn't pay their mortgage, yeah, maybe lost some homes. Yeah, because not a lot of them. I, I, and I, you know what? I've softened a lot toward uh, from where I was at the beginning. The more I read up on the thing, and the more I realized that this strike was a lot different from the last strike. This one was. This one's a lot different. So I've I've kind of I'm more sympathetic to the writers um and i didn't realize how little like the actual writers like the not the main writers but like people in the writers room make i I saw something interesting and uh, we might get into ai in the near future in this show but i saw someone speculating that a chat GBT or a chat GT, GBT knockoff would not be used by studios, but would be more likely to be used by writers themselves. Like maybe they would use it to write a story and then improve upon that story. Yeah, I think anything is possible. You start to get into situations where you can ideate on something and then you can edit and you can play with something else that's going on. But Here's a, one unnamed studio exec said, the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses. Bob Eidger said uh, that the demands of the writers and actors unions were not realistic while he was attending an exclusive investment banker sponsored retreat for industry luminaries outside Sun Valley, Idaho. So these mindsets of the true elite, um, it kind of makes me, it hurts. Yeah. It's, it's crummy and good for good for the union workers sticking it out. And uh, they are saying that this is a substantial tentative agreement that they have. The next thing is to get the, uh, the writers or um, the actors on board too. Um, but I'm, Really glad of their solidarity, too, with the writers as well of, hey, we're going to put our work on the line yeah. and our our brand, our image, just to make sure that they are taken care of to continue to produce and be, I don't know, treated fairly. Yeah. And, uh, one of the 
sorry to interrupt, but one of the NFL owners was caught recently saying something really dumb. Uh, and I don't know if he said it recently and it just came out, but he said something really dumb. And I'm not going to repeat it because it's just super dumb. But it, it's like I I think some of these higher-ups need to actually, if they want to improve as human beings, they might want to go back to where they were 30 years ago when they were working normal jobs and hang out with some of the people who are doing those normal jobs because things have changed in this day and age. The 90s aren't 2023. The uh, 80s and the 70s aren't 2023. And these people have, you know, a lot of them are in their 60s and fifties. They've forgotten what it's like to be a normal human being. Why don't you, you start hanging out with, with, yeah. with these you, people? I don't think they care, Micah. They, they should. They should because they then should, they realize but they don't. And it's maybe they could clear. learn some new ideas and improve their business model. I like the optimism, but let's just look at Congress. We're about to have another government shutdown where our troops won't get paid, but Congress will still yeah. get paid. So it's a broken system from the top down and it's all those high-paid decision-makers who will never, most will not ever understand what it's like to be where 95% of their employees or the country is. I would I would like to see, not to get too political, I would like to see term limits and age limits on Congress. Back on nerd stuff, yeah. here's something that I found unusual was that uh, the studios weren't sharing viewership data um, on their from their streaming programs, probably to hide the numbers, you know, for the dollar amounts. But wouldn't wouldn't that be very telling for the writers and those creators of shows to have that information on what the data is showing? Well, sure. And my guess is the reason some of it's not being released is it either is not beneficial for stockholders; they don't think that it is high enough for stockholders, or that the opposite is that it's really good. But it also really represents and it shows that there there is a disparity in what's being provided from a pay perspective for the writers and for everybody else that's developing a lot of this direct to streaming content. So I think that it's probably got some element of truth in why it was being why it is being withheld and you know what we'll see. We always hear about those great numbers when they're really big. You know, especially Netflix. I mean, they were really good about talking about how many people watch this and other things like that. And I got to believe that some of that has to do with if you share that too much, then the individuals who are responsible for sharing all of that, you know, that are developing all that content are going to go, hey, where's, you know, where's our piece? Mm Because look at what we're contributing, you know, to this organization and to your bottom line. And so it's a challenge there in and of itself. Yeah, they probably want to keep more of the profits, but are they spending those profits wisely? If you're going to keep more of those profits, you're going to want to reinvest those profits to create more profits. Not necessarily. You might want to put those in your own pocket. Yeah, you want to put those in your pocket, but if you want to overall put more money in your pocket, keep reinvesting. Well... As a financial but, but like advisor, it, yes, I, I yeah. do agree with that, but that's not the world. It's just – It should – like those people, if they were smart, they would do that. And you would you would also – you would want to treat your your workers like – I we could, we could 
you know, we go want into them this, to do that. But, it's just not reality, Micah. Yeah. I mean, it's never been that way. Look at the auto workers right now. Um, the social elites, I don't get it. I, I just, they're not normal people. Shouldn't have been bailed out. They do out. estimate that since this writer's strike, it's cost California about $5 billion in revenues. That's just California. Yeah. Um, I'm sure New York is up there, too, with a lot of the um, studios that are up uh, you know, on the East Coast. Is, so. this, is this also affecting um, uh, the actors in the theater? I don't believe so. As far as like stage productions? Yeah. No, those are still going on. I wonder if they if they are even unionized or if they have a different union. They are, um, but I wonder if that makes it difficult. You know, if you are a, a SAG actor, but also you're acting on Broadway at a certain point. You know, what restrictions you might have. Anyway, the it's been since May second this started, and we're what uh, almost October, yeah. so about five months. And I don't think I think finally it, the the higher ups were starting to feel the pinch of oh. We're not going to get our numbers by the end of the year. Well, maybe we should finally bend the knee and acquiesce um, or at least have a conversation at the table. And that's what talks, Micah, is money. They're at the last quarter. They need it to work October, November, December. That's what they're pushing for so they can hit their numbers, get their bonuses. Um, But, hey, the writers stuck it out, and it's not finalized yet. But uh, I'm hoping they'll seal the deal soon. If you would have talked to them before this all happened and gotten their perspective, maybe you wouldn't had these five months well we'll be back with upcoming movies and releases and things on the horizon in the nerd world stay tuned we'll be right back here on the nerd show Welcome back to the Nerd Show, 103.1, KFKA in the Aloe Fiber Studios. You look very concerned, Nick. I was trying to think what movie's coming out this week that we were going to talk the about. The Creators. Yes. I have not oh. seen much about it. Well, I can't remember. I think it was opening weekend for the NFL. They had a number of actors that represent the characters in the film actually infiltrated one of the, like, the Sunday night games. Or it might have been a Thursday night game. So it was kind of interesting. They had there's a, a young boy, and then there's some older actors that are basically, they're you know they're they're robots. Oh my gosh, I completely <laughs> cyborgs. I lost my words there for a moment, and so they are. And I don't know a lot about the premise of the film. It's getting rave reviews by the critics. It's getting a lot of you know. It's visually stunning. It's got a great story, and so I'm excited to. Is this original? It. Was it based on a book? I don't know. I don't have all the information in front of me about you know what its origins are, but it's relatively new. It kind of reminds me of sort of that. What would happen if? And I think there's an element of kind mm. of the creator has created these robots, and then you know they start to become a little bit indoctrinated into everyday life and things go sideways like they always do and like they will and I, I wonder I, if it's if it's one of those human bigotry type of stories because that's that's always kind of that that's I've raved about alien nation before mm-hmm. and that's kind of what alien nation is about aliens you know crash yeah. land on the planet and human bigotry you know causes some consternation in that. And I, I kind of am interested in seeing something else like that. Well, 
I like the, the you know, I'm in the expanse now, only yeah. about a half a dozen episodes in. I really enjoy it. Just can't find enough time. But it's kind of the just same stories but different perspectives. And um, it does look good. And I think it's theaters only to start. And I've got some Cinemark tickets yeah. I need to use. So Me too. I haven't been to the movies. I don't, there's not been much to go see. Largely due to the the, the strike, I'm sure, yeah. and them postponing so they can have their actors promote things. But and time, be, have you even had time? Because well, I haven't had time. Yeah. Another key factor. It is. Well, what might free up some time for folks, uh, Scott? You mentioned yeah. robots. Uh huh. Um, Optimus. Yes. Are they are they robots or are they cyborgs? They are robots. So they are actually robots. And yesterday, so Tesla, they're not like half human, half. No, robot. they're not. Um, I did think it was great because the story I pulled and shared with you guys was from The Independent, which is a U.K. publication. Oh, yeah. And, and for those Trent in the Krim? Ted Lasso, yeah, <laughs> that wasn't written by Trent Krim. That was unfortunate. It was not Trent Krim. But, you know, just yesterday, um, Tesla unveiled this video of its humanoid robot, and it looks a lot like the robot that we saw in iRobot, mm-hmm. Sunny. And, oh, you know, that's that was a terrible by, movie. Voiced by Alan Tudyk. Yes, and that... That was the only good part of the movie was Alan Tudyk. The rest of it was terrible. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. And if you read you know, the actual book, it's slightly different than that whole premise. And you talk about the three laws and all the other things. And so I'm curious to see if Tesla has created an element of three laws within these robots so far. But you have this droid that is essentially able to sort and calibrate itself based on its environments. It was doing yoga. It was sorting blocks, you know, green versus blue, and it was doing some other things in that regard. Colorblind people can't do that. I know they can't. Wow. Yeah, uh, but it's interesting. He, he goes on record, um, Elon Musk does, is said, essentially, the future of physical work will be a choice. Mm-hmm. I just, I just yeah. scrolled past that. So he is really trying to push this low-skilled labor mindset of that's where we're going to see robots. And we've seen that over the course of the Industrial Revolution all the way to now, where we had assembly lines was like the greatest thing ever because it sped up those lower-skilled processes because you could run them through an assembly line. And so now you have something that could automate that process. Here's where I'm worried about it. So last week I was in Las Vegas for the Infotech Live, which is the company I work for, And we talked about exponential IT, and AI has become the biggest thing that everybody's talking about. So, you know, Micah referenced ChatGPT earlier, and these opportunities to get art and to get the written word written by these AI engines, you know, these these generic AI, so they actually generate new content and data. And one of the gentlemen speaking at the conference said this, because someone's like, well, you just always have a kill switch. So if they're ever going to take over, that we could just shut them down. And it's like, let's no, go back. That's, if they become artificial intelligence, that's basically murder. Well, but here's the thing. And you're right. A it could genocide. Be. But here's the thing. And you think about six, seven years ago, what was one of the big things that came out that everybody was really worried about that – um, we were seeing online from Y2K. a video perspective. It wasn't Y2K, not back that far. Oh. But deep fakes. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you can get a video to look and sound real and makes you think it's coming from a certain person, don't you think AI is going to be able to leverage that? I think that in the very near future, I would say within the next two years, we're going to start to see fully created generative stuff that could be you know, replaced as real. And so the concept there is if you can convince someone 
of whatever you want to do based on the spoken word and on videos, you let AI can create whatever they need to, and they can convince the human element to do or not do whatever it is they want you to do in order to move forward. We're getting closer and closer to this whole Skynet phenomenon, and the reality of it is that it is a little bit scary. And, you know, the gentleman that was on stage last week literally is suspecting that we are going to see embedded chips into our brain within the next 10 years, that they're going to figure out how to make that connection and that it's going to open up the ability for us to access the Internet and these AI tools instantaneously. That's that's one thing that scares me yeah. is putting chips in my body because I don't want – I hate being tracked. I, I hate thought you that. liked potato chips. But, <laughs> oh, I love potato chips, especially Doritos. <laughs> but Doritos, if you want to sponsor us. Yeah. Um, but a lot of what people are afraid of is actually creative destruction. Mm-hmm. So – what creative destruction is, is it's destroying a certain industry, but it's creating something else. So as you said, the assembly line made things more efficient. So what else is going to become more efficient? If writers are using chat GPT to create a story, maybe that frees them up to create more stories or better stories or helps them write much better. I disagree. Maybe, maybe. I used I used that once to write a trivia, and it was a disaster. I will not use ChatGPT ever again for writing trivia. I do it. The... It's it's not ready for that. I I am a, I'm afraid of artificial intelligence. I know I shouldn't be because I'm a Star Trek fan, but um, there could be a lot of positives to it. I think we just need to probably maybe slow down the fear. Because fear will only lead to like the dark side. Yeah, and well, and it like fears to fear leads to overreaction and like all the stuff that we see in these movies, like that's human fear causing AI to turn against us. So that's I'm how- not saying you know trust it. I'm saying maybe don't you know get so angry and scared so fast. Let's. Try to study it. Well, just remember that in the 1940s, the knocker-ups job went away because of the invention of alarm clocks. Yep. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Well, nerdians, you all stay nerdy. Enjoy this week's Ahsoka. We will see you next week here on The Nerd Show. You say nerdy. Go Broncos.